real war with terrorism, racism, but most of all, we are war with ourselves. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Kanye West, and whenever I need positive, progressive radio, which is so few and far between, I listen to WBAI in New York, 99.5 FM, Holla. Welcome back. Greetings and salutations, ladies, gentlemen, non-binaries, to another installation, another episode. This is Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. Absolutely nothing. My name is Giovanni Anglin. I go by many aliases, though. Trinidadi, Panamanian Poppy, Rude Boy, Top Gunner, a.k.a. The Chosen One, a.k.a. Mr. Spring Ting, is ready to vibe with all the listeners. Hello. Yo, yo, what's going on? It's Bastion Nissa, a.k.a. Black Superhero That Can't Get a Bank Loan. Mm. Recording live in Queens, Geo's in Brooklyn. What's going on, folks? I, One of my favorite things to do before we do the show is to always play that Kanye West drop. Just to see your face, to be completely honest with you. It is hilarious. And the funny thing is, with that clip, the, the caption says, Kanye West 2005, before he lost his mind. That's what it says. Interesting. It's... I wonder how or who asked them to write that clip, uh, to record that clip. It does sound like it was done over the phone. It definitely does sound like it was over the phone. And I wonder who in 2005 knew about Kanye West. Yeah. No, everybody. Everybody. Or... This, is, uh, uh, this is late registration era. That is true. So he already has been known for like Rockefeller stuff. He's already been known for his first album. So this is leads into the the singles. Heard him say, mm-hmm. uh, "Yeah, yeah." Well, that, you're yeah. absolutely right about that. But I should have said, "Who in WBAI knew to get Kanye West, or even knew Kanye West?" That's a different era. To get I think the that era had it was balanced. You think so? Um, not as balanced as it is, as it is today. You know, it's not balanced at all. But yeah, maybe they not. had like two or three more heads. To do the extra questions like, hey, since you're here, want to do a, a drop for us real quick? You might be onto something there. Shoot, was Kanye West actually on BAI or? Oh, I don't even know. You're the wrong person to ask this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either, <laughs> man. How how have you been? Uh, but let the people know where to find us and who oh, we are. That's right. Apologies. Well, if this is your first time listening to us, we also double as a podcast but welcome to all of our radio listeners tuning in at 99.5 fm wbai in the ny but as i mentioned before we are also available as a podcast so you can now go to blackseinfeld.com again that is blackseinfeld.com to get all of the latest and older episodes and when i mean older i mean 2020 episodes and we continue to upload older episodes we're probably going to stop 
at the first ever episode that we've done here at WBAI, which was back in September of 2017. We were, well, I was 22 years old. Bastion just turned 23 a couple months ago. And you you guys and, and ladies and, and non-binaries, y'all can all tune in and listen to the growth, listen to the expansion, listen to how far we have came from then until now. I mean, kudos to, to Tony, Tony Bates, who gave us the opportunity, and Bertolt Reimers, who were the first people to give a couple of knuckleheaded kids an opportunity to come on the radio, to spit that intellectual ignorance. It was, back then, I would say it's like 90% ignorance, 10% intellectual. Now, I would say it's 50-50. I was going to say 60% ignorance, 40% intelligence, but okay, 50-50 is fine. We find a, As of late. a different balance. We found a shift to this thing we find a, a feng shui i think since we moved from the one hour to the two hour show i think that's what kind of brought the 50 50 compared to when we had one hour we need to give it like 10 or 15 minutes to politics so we could talk about the funnies that is true and i would like to say black seinfeld was the first place to a announce that joe biden was going to run for president and b say that he was going to win the presidency and win the Democratic nomination, too. That was all from Mike the Intern. He called it. And I remember back then where people came up to us and they were like, hey, you can't be saying any of that stuff because Joe Biden didn't formally announce that he was doing it. And da 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 And then look at us. We were right the whole time. And look at him now, 46th president of the United States. That was us here at Black Seinfeld. Shout out to you, Mike. We love you. That was a Mike classic right there that was I can a never Mike forget classic. that day he said that it's like what come on he, he's not running yeah anything, you know we voted and we voted we for him we voted. i know i voted for him shoot unfortunately pain but, and suffering but hey geo how, how's it been what you up to what you been up to a week since i got my first dosage of the pfizer vaccination and i feel chipper i feel happy i feel i feel strong again i feel like myself after I get the second dosage, which is going to be the first week of April, I think I'm going to go back on my grind. I'm going to start feeling like myself again. I'm going to start going back to gyms, going back to movies, going out to these streets. You know what I'm it's saying? Got, it's still got to be mask on. Oh, 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 dude. Definitely still going to be mask on. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm not advocating if you take, if you get both vaccines, if you get the both dosage of your vaccine to, to take your mask off. But... I'm not going to lie. The first time where I took the first dosage, I didn't want to wear my mask anymore. I'm not going to lie, but I'm still going to have to wear it because you have to go into the establishments that you want to go into and they require to have your mask on. But one thing I am going to carry around with me for the foreseeable future is when you get your, uh, your vaccine, they give you uh, like a report card or whatever, and you get to... Uh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get that laminated so that way, you know, I get to show people up like, hey, keep it clean, keep it clean, keep it clean. Like, hey, you already know I'm vaccinated. I'm good. It's not me. But <laughs> mark my words, though, w once I get that second dosage, I've been hearing a lot from friends and family. My friend Bianca just got her second uh, Pfizer shot Tuesday because today is technically Thursday now. And. And Wednesday, she hit me up, and she she did start getting a fever. Not gonna yeah. lie, 
that's that's with both my friends yeah that is a common thing that is a common thing that has been occurring Uh, my other friend walter who is a teacher he's been fine after his second pfizer shot so i guess it varies on person to person so i'm i'm not i'm not excited to go and get this done i'm just I'm just interested to see what happens to me, how my body reacts. Because the first time around, my body was like, what the F is going on right now? And I did feel a bit ill for like about an hour or two. But then once I knocked out and I woke up, I felt fine. So I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to take more of that um Boku immunity pack or whatever that BAI keeps pillaging to the, to the <laughs> listeners. I'm not going to lie, though. It, it has been working. Oh, you've been taking Oh, 100% I've been taking it. I've been taking it since the pandemic started and I have not been sick since. So I I don't I guess this is like a a paid advertisement. Well, not paid for us, but it's it's an advertisement for the Boku Super Immune Pack. If you need that Boku, it is legit. I've been using it nonstop every day since since last March and I haven't been sick once. It's been working. Interesting. Interesting. I know your body has to be sick at least like once a year, so it could just kind of refresh itself. Are you starting like, to get sick now since it's uh, spring? I know you get the sinus thing. The sinus thing has started kicking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kicking my ass for the past week or so, so I've been drinking more warm water. But it, I think it's been a bit better. Mm-hmm. What I've been trying to, I think I said this in older episodes, I use like an air filter. Yeah. So now I have to I have to use the air filter a little bit longer. Usually I leave it on for an hour or two, but now I kind of have to leave it for like eight hours, and it does help me a lot compared to the winter versus the spring. And you know we're we're in spring. We are in spring. Spring tings happened March twentieth, and Saturdays were a bit different for me because normally I work afternoons into the nighttime, but last Saturday and this Saturday coming up. I worked mornings, so it was nice actually coming into to work and watching the sunrise. I like going on the roof to see that happen, and it started to get warm, so I decided to wear green because green is very spring. You got pink on. I like wearing bright yeah. colors during the springtime, some yellows, some greens, some, some sky blues. Yeah, bring the white tees out. Absolutely. Perfect time. Yes, bring, bring the white tees out. Uh, nice jackets don't go too heavy. You know what? These this is the time where I bundle up a little bit during the morning time because it's still cold. But then as as the time progresses, as the day moves on, it starts to get warmer. So you know, I I'll take off a sweater maybe and just leave the jacket on. You know, we're in that weird little area. Yeah. No, I didn't know. A little fun fact. What's that? So since spring, uh. Two and a half minutes are added a day of uh, sunlight, of daylight, in a way. So that's mm. how it kind of works. That's why, you know, you keep doing it for a month, you get like an extra hour. So that's why by the time we hit like August, it's like it's so bright until right. like eight o'clock. Then out of nowhere, it hits fall, then back to darkness. Yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. I didn't know Two that. Two and a half minutes a day of daylight daily. I know that there are some states that want to get rid of the whole daylight savings time. They just want to stay in this time now. They don't want to I go back an hour because they're like, man, screw the farmers. No, no. It, the farmers never did daylight saving, apparently. Really? The farmers never did it? 
That's no, it's one of those. No, see, it's one of those nonsensical lies that like teachers will repeat that oh, they learn from their teachers, but it's not on. true. It, it doesn't come from anywhere, if anything. So why do we do it? No one really remembers. Because in the Caribbean, they don't do it. Like Trinidad, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. No, do they, they do it in do. Haiti too or no? No, no. Yeah, that's not a thing in, where, where we're from. Like, it's not a thing at all. No, it's not, it's not a thing, and it shouldn't be a thing. But it's kind of part of our tradition now, you know? Mm. As Americans, we have traditions, and they like saving as one of them. There's like a state, though, that doesn't do it at all. I don't know whether it's like Arizona or somewhere, but like they don't do it. Really? Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting because everybody has kind of this line that we're all going towards. And if you want to be a, a Pacific time, it's going to be Pacific plus one. Is that what you're going to do? I mean, I guess. I don't know. All right. I'm not, but, in, the, yeah, I'm yeah. not in the Pacific, so. Shout out to everyone in the Pacific, though, that listened to Black Seinfeld because there's a lot of y'all, apparently. There's a lot of y'all in, in, the Californ- in uh, California, North and South. Shout out to everyone in Seattle, Washington that listen. We appreciate y'all. There's a lot of people now listening to to us in Texas over in, in the South because of our Texas episodes. So we appreciate you, Texas. Yeah. Shout out to the New York listeners, too. But oh, yeah. Shout out to the New York it's listeners. Late. It's late. Definitely. Uh, listening to radio late. You know, listening to us. And yeah. We're playing music all day. Word. Um, one so, day, yeah. I, I don't know. One day, I just felt like we should just play music. Just for the two hours, just to see what happens. I remember yeah. one time, I remember one time on a Saturday, there was a, there was a scheduled program that was supposed to be going on. I think it was some sort of, it had to have been the, the audio plays, but the audio kept messing up because they do them live and they did, did them through Zoom. So the audio was just so poor. It was horrible. The vocals were off. the The quality was was shoddy. There was this weird echoing. It was bad. So what I did was I just called an audible and I just DJed for the hour, and people loved it. <laughs> hey, if something's going wrong, music always saves lives. That is true. And for Stacy Dash, I feel like music cannot save her. She has to run back to the church in order to get back on the good graces of Black America. Yo, I removed that from the list. You did? <laughs> Why? Yes. I want to talk about Stacey Dash trying to come not- back to black America. There's literally nothing interesting about Stacey Dash. If you want, like, because the whole story about Stacey Dash, she was on the Fox News, um, and she was saying a lot of conservative things for a very long time. She was a staunch Republican for a while now, for like a decade. Yeah, decades a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to do this kind of redemption story. You know, if it, if it wasn't for COVID, mm-hmm. most people would do the Comedy Central roast as a way to kind of redeem yourself. But, you know, we're kind of beyond the roast now without getting problematic. Black people don't do that, though, when they try to get back to the Discord. Black people, like, they always try but and go she, to the is church. She black, though? You know, you know, you know, saying She's related to Discord. Dame Dash. That's true. She so, she was let's not forget Stacey Dash was a prominent figure in in black culture, okay? She most was. movies have her. <laughs> I mean, we love Clues was great, but she was also in the Kanye video All Falls Down. She was on those those um those hip hop magazine covers, bare ass out, okay? Let's not forget that Stacey Dash was was uh, was a crush for a lot of us, okay? Or and for so a that lot makes of people wonder. 
for her to get towards like starting in hip hop, yeah. then somehow just getting all the way to a conserv conservative person on CNN. Does that say something about the hip hop? If she's always surrounded by the people in the hip hop community, I don't think she was always surrounded by people in the hip hop community. Someone has to whisper something in their ear. Some well, it's, it's all relative. Like it's all yeah. related. You could be a one part of the community and still bump into like TV, radio, music. You know, somebody or some people within the circle do have these probably uh, these uh, conservative point of views. Of course, they don't say it out loud. That is true. Right. You know how everybody was upset with how 50 felt about uh, Biden talking about uh, increasing taxes for people making over four hundred thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. And he wasn't with it. And everybody's like, oh, but like I'm a, I'm a long time 50 cent uh, 50 cent fan. And I know he has conservative oh, point of, of views. At the end of the day, uh, 50 is a businessman, too. Are you crazy? Exactly. And that's something I learned in college uh, for my business degree in marketing. That's literally I had a professor of um, I forgot what, uh, of ethics, I had ethics professors say, like, you have to think like them. Mm. You want to make money because if you're not thinking like them. You're not going to survive in the, in the workplace. And he, it's true, you know, but I didn't think like that when I was in the corporate workplace. But See, it, it, it kind of changed when you leave because that was no my longer question. in a bubble. That was going to yeah. be my question to you. If when we get money on this is and we're also caribbean too and caribbeans we we do come from somewhat of a conservative upbringing not not radical conservative but you know we have traditional views and all that stuff not my household not yours? but every other household next to my household yes i yeah. very conservative not my household yeah. it's just a, a luck in the in, uh, <laughs> in the space and time but my question is once we get money from this right and we start profiting Will there be some sort of fifty cent views of of taxation and and things of that nature? Because I think Not, about that sometimes. The way I look at it is like if we were to pay someone that like then we'll get an accountant right mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. order for us to do write offs. We're not just going to pay people out of pocket. It's like no, we still want to you know write it off. We're going to pay our taxes right. So I think there will. I won't call it conservative, but there will be like this capitalist business mind to it in order for us not to just like spend money and just all disappear. It's like we still want to save and earn and make a living out of it. So we want to build too. So that means, Bastion, that you you try to die so you can be the hero, but now you're living long enough to see yourself become the villain, huh? The, the only capitalistic villain. villain. No, only see. Here's the thing: the <laughs> yeah. only timeline villain if we hire people. And don't pay them at, at all. Like we do internships and not pay them, right? Okay. Like we do internships, but not really. Like they no, give we us don't. interns. We we get interns. That is a we different. Get, you're thing. right. You're right. We don't. Uh, we don't. Anybody. Yeah. We and to be fair, hey, shout out to everyone who's interned for us. Shout out to Georgina. Shout out to other people. Oh, shout out to um, to Keyshawn Lucky, who was supposed to be our intern, but COVID messed that up. Yeah, um, we would definitely put them on the radio. Yeah, we'll put you on the radio. But to be you fair, come at five a.m. though. Right. To be fair, we never wanted an intern, but if we did get an intern, we would we would just treat them like a regular person because we would just hey come through. Shows at five in the morning. If you can come through, great. Because this is the only time you're ever gonna learn stuff from us is if we are both here and we show you what's going on. Other than that, like. There's nothing for you to do because we do everything ourselves. Yeah, so that's that. That's what I mean. Like, 
later on we have like a profit margin, mm-hmm. right? A, a decent profit margin. Then yeah, I'll pay someone to edit videos and I'll pay someone to edit the audio and do the social media. Yo, I don't, don't want to do it. Yo, I went on the clubhouse, right? And a lot of these podcasters are outsourcing. So they're paying like $5 to some team over in the Philippines or whatever to do all that stuff, the social medias and all that. I don't think that's cool. And that's like Personally. And that's like the bad timeline, and, Personally, right? Yeah. That's the evil villains. Like you, you took you. This pure capitalism. You try mm-hmm. to uh, export it somewhere for cheaper because you don't want to pay the value for it. Then when you get upset, no one's paying your um, paying value for your work or what you provide. It's like yeah, because you know that's how the system works, and that's why the system is bad. Hey, I agree. I agree. You know, that's why graphic designers don't like Fiverr because you want to build a logo. Well, it's going to cost you $3,000 to work with me. Why? Because of the years of experience that I have to back why I design your logo that way. Going Fiverr for $5 is just going to throw you some scratch. Mm. There you go. But, but I thought Fiverr, logo... I thought with Fiverr, I know the basis of it can be $5, but depending on who the person is, they have like a package. They have a package deal of what you want. How expensive it's going to be, the time in which it's going to take for you to to receive it, and the time that it's going to take from that person to actually create what you want. Well, ideally, if you're creating something for a five dollar package, you will have templates. Templates, right? Mm-hmm. You just put one, two, three, put a color, bam, send it to you within an hour, and that's what you pay for. They might do like five dollars one revision, right? If you pay for the fifty dollar packet, all right, like. Uh, two revisions. You pay more expensive, of course. We'll work. We'll talk to each other. Actually. What if they're a platinum deal. member? Yeah, it's, it's a business deal. Like we got to talk now. So yeah, yeah. That that's 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 just the way it is. That's why it like, is. You know, I have to edit the videos, you know, just to do it because I don't want to pay for anybody. That's true. At and... the moment, because I don't have any money. So true. And you also get a right skill. Now. You yeah. also get another we... skill to to add on to your resume. After Effects and uh, Premiere, I'm telling you, those are really good products. They are, uh, but there is a huge learning curve that I, I warned you about. Yeah, it's a, at least 20 hours. Yeah. Eat. They, like, get it. So it's not something you could learn in 60-minute YouTube video. You oh, actually have not. to, like, do it over and over and over again. Premier. So, yeah, After Effects is, like, really fun. Yeah. Now I know what I'm doing. Premiere is what they use to edit videos. Like to, I'm sorry, it's what they use to edit movies. Oh, okay. If you're really sense. good on on Premiere, that's what they use for documentaries and movies and filters, all that stuff, bro. That's and all Premiere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, all I go Premier. cheap with the transition. That yeah, man. This is your heads out there. I just control A, then uh, control D, <laughs> and command D, command D, and I just like fades it together. Well, it's okay, man. You're not creating a, a documentary or a, or a movie or anything it's just a podcast so things are a bit simpler a lot simpler two hours though that is true it is two hours but as you can see right now we're doing great i mean i just got one of my favorite drinks that yoruba mate so i'm on one right now i'm my brain is focused i'm on just basic water oh. you're not better than me bastion okay you have to learn how to kind of internalize the energy and save it for later. I am. That's why I didn't drink I'm this joking. thing. It's out. not a real thing. It's not a real thing. You only do that in the daytime. 
But let's get into a little politics. Let's get into the Biden-Harris victory lap, I like to call it, or what they call the Help Is Here Tour. And for those of you who do not know, the Help Is Here Tour started about last week, and it is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's, I wouldn't even call it a campaign, it's their... It's just their way of promoting the fact that they passed the one point whatever trillion dollar bill to help the Americans out that suffering that's been suffering with the, uh, you know, with COVID, with everything that's been happening last year. Right. And that includes the 1400 STEMI check that Bastion, you didn't just get it. You got it last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got you got the same time as you. Oh, right, right, right. You got the tax return. That's that's what it was. You got the tax return today. But what I think uh, is is interesting about this um, tour that they're going on or have been going on for the past week is the fact that they've been going to a lot of the battle states, right? They've been going to Pennsylvania and Nevada and, and Georgia. And I think that's a smart move on their part because if you are a... Uh, a general elections uh, results head like I was back in 2020, then you know that those are the, the prime battle states that determined why Joe Biden is even in the position that he's in now. Because back in 2016, when 45 won, those states such as Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and New Mexico Georgia. and Georgia and Nevada, all of those flipped red states. So now that in 2020, those flipped blue, Joe Biden wants to go to those those states to kind of keep them. Yes, exactly. To try and keep those states blue for the next election and for the Senate race, which I think is a smart move on their part. It's going to be weird because of all the especially in Georgia when they passed the the voter suppression bill. Yeah. Mm hmm. So if you're trying to deal with that, the best thing you could do, and it's going to be difficult, but is to make federal laws against it. Because most of these laws are state laws, and I think that's what the biggest problems are. Because each state could deal with uh, voter suppression the way they want to. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that gerrymandering is such like a big issue. It's like if you really, if you, everybody knows it's a big issue, then why can't they fix it on a federal level? Well, because, of course, they'll, they'll get stopped. Exactly. Then everybody's going to uh, create this, like, oh, you're making it too easy for anybody could, to, to vote. It's like, isn't that what we want to do as Americans, quote, yeah, unquote? Yeah, but see, here's the cleverness of, of a lot of these state senators that are predominantly red state, right? They're going to always talk about how uh, the federal government wants to come in and, and tell us what to do and take our rights as as texans as georgians as as x y and z right so that's how they always push this narrative that that big brother which is the government is going to come in and try and regulate how we as these people of this state live our lives does that make any sense oh yeah and that's the problem it's like Mm -hmm. they don't want to be regulated even though they should but here's the crazy thing about that bash because according to a, a pew poll right recently uh, discussing the the bill that was passed, seventy percent of Americans was for the 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 COVID relief. Yeah, I saw that poll too, actually. Mm-hmm. And forty one percent of those American adults 
are Republicans or they lean towards the a, a right way of things. Not saying that the way that they lean is the right way of things, but you know their political values lean towards the right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like most Republicans do want these beneficial, uh, like tendencies, like the fifteen dollars an hour in Florida. They asked, and it was like over sixty percent said, "Yeah, I would love to make fifteen dollars an hour." Mm-hmm. Like, of course they would. Yeah, it's a really Republican red state, right? But come, come on, of course they would. Who I wouldn't? Th- I think what some people have um, concerns about universal or, or federal fifteen dollar minimum wage is the fact that in certain states you won't need like certain states they feel like $15 minimum isn't needed based on how much it actually takes for how much a living wage is in that state. So like here in New York it takes a lo- it costs a lot of money to live here. Live here in the city, right? Yeah. Juxtapose that to like somewhere like Alabama. I think oh, that, yeah. that's where that's where people have some concerns about fifteen dollars an hour for everyone. I feel like it's the what talking about points that? that are like the concerns because I don't think those are real con- like real people have those concerns. I think those are talking point concerns, especially if you're living in the state and you are very successful and mm-hmm. you're fine paying people six dollars an hour to do jobs where if they were in New York they'll be paid fifteen dollars to do. So, of course, you wouldn't want to lower your profit margins and go back to profit margins. That's true. By paying other people. And that's kind of what brings the conversation. It's like you shouldn't be a business owner if you don't want to pay anybody. But that's the capitalistic um, way is um, try and spend as as least amount of money as possible to make more back. But at the same time, still capitalism, because you still have to pay laborers, right? People want that's why unions are so important to our capitalist system. So these uh, the, the stakeholders will be treated equally. But if you don't, they don't want to treat us equally, yeah, then no, we no longer have not. to work for them. Of course, we will be out of work. But then they themselves wouldn't be able to produce the same amount. Then they'll be losing money. Mm. So what's better to go bankrupt well, in Walmart's case, like they're going to get a kiosk and all that crap. And then you're really screwed. So, so there's like some not old school stuff like years ago. I remember I asked my, my pops, like, how come there's no Walmarts in like New York City? And they kind of brought the, the thing like they will protest it. Yeah. Uh, oh, 100 percent. Except and for Long Island. But that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That but doesn't in some count. Walmarts, if they're able to unionize, they will shut it down. It's like, yeah, OK, we'll just shut it down. They'll go to another Walmart 25 miles of the direction. We're yeah. fine. Target is more of our thing here in the city. We don't have Walmart. Yeah, Target is just a bigger bodega. Most Targets. Some We have a lot of incomplete, and especially in... Uh, okay, I won't call it bodega. <laughs> yeah, don't call it a bodega. That was disrespectful to bodegas. You don't see any cats running around. No, no, but like there's a lot of, I guess, what we call grocery stores like fake or stores in queens or delis or delis yeah or mini marts as some people call them mini marts you you have a better time yeah because mini marts they don't have they don't have the (laughs) deli they don't have the deli part mini marts just have aisles and 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 hummus and crap yeah that's the downside of living in queens it's like you google like i just needed like oat milk right yeah Yeah, i was like all right let me look for the nearest store it's like 
like these are all corner stores, man. They don't they don't got oat milk here. They barely have good sandwiches. That is true. One thing I don't like is when my family tells me to go to the store and ask for some bougie. Like, bro, we live in Brownsville still. Like, I don't I know that Brooklyn may be gentrifying, but Brownsville is still Brownsville at the end of the day. So don't ask me to go to Family Dollar expecting Oatly. Like it's not yeah. gonna happen. That's gonna that's happen. false. That's false equivalency right here. No, no way. The funny thing is, I was able to find the oat milk in the small grow, uh, in the small uh, deli market. <laughs> oh, same. There's that one. I was complaining. There's the 24 hour little mini mart that does have you know the mate. That's where I get it from, and they got the oat milk. But it's like on Atlantic, right? Yeah. But see, that's the thing. It's on Atlantic. If you go that to is Brownsville, true. hell no, they ain't got none of that. If, if if this is why I've noticed, especially in like poorer neighborhoods, mm-hmm. um, because I remember uh, my girlfriend lives maybe like twenty, maybe like fifteen minutes away from Brownsville, so it is oh really density uh, area. And when I go when we go shopping for like the supermarket, everything there is just more expensive. Oh yeah, compared to like Bedford, for example, right? Like compared to like other places in uh, like Dumbo, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You go grocery shopping there, it's way cheaper. Yeah, I won't call it affordable, but I could tell you, like it's peanut a... butter is just skippy natural peanut butter. Don't cost like four fifty over there. It costs like two ninety nine or like one ninety nine on sale. And that's what I try to explain to people that that are always like, you know what, the black community, man, we got to eat healthier and and this and this and that. And one, I totally agree with you, but if you come from a, a poor area, a poor and disenfranchised area then you know that if you go into a lot of these shops and stuff, right, the more healthier options, they, they're they the most expensive stuff. You feel oh, yeah. me? And and the cheaper things are the GMO stuff. The cheaper things are, are the are the things that, you know, can can hold me over right now because I'm hungry. And if we have to go and get the crown fry, you're just going to order the crown fry again. Exactly. And the crown fried is freaking delicious still. All right. And it's halal. Is it delicious? It's, yeah, one, it is halal. It is halal. But it's all like right. you, need, you, you need like the vinegar uh, hot sauce packets that they give you. Nah, I don't get those. I always have to. I, I don't need them. I, I can't eat that. Really? Well, now I have Mike's Hot Honey at home. So Ooh. just in case the food sucks for, you know, who never sucks, but. A little yeah. bit of that hot honey. Ooh. Yeah, it goes great with the pop chicken sandwich. <laughs> I couldn't even say that without. Oh, breaking. man. I mean, I, I get it. But it's also the type of store. You know, like Key Food, I could say, has like slightly more affordable, um, like organic chicken, right? Yeah. Compared to like an I- ideal food, right? For some reason, ideal is just like more expensive in, within the area. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually... just letting you know, I'm, I'm like Eastern Parkway. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of the area. Oh, okay. Right. Where on the parkway though? Are you are you you're closer to Brownsville? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm literally like five minutes driving. I'm in Brownsville. Oh I go up. So like Crown Heights ish area. More like Weeksville. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Weeksville. Got it. So yeah. So yeah, they're like I so I I when you told me Brownsville you're from Brownsville, it's like all right, this is where I'm at. I walk around one day, just go different stores, like wow, everything's really expensive. So as you so said, so now you understand. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Like as you said, like you live 
in poverty, which most black people and brown people do within uh, New York. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to live in areas where everything is just more expensive. Exactly. So and the healthier options are just more. They're, they're a lot more. And the odds of you going to a more affordable, because everybody knows where the more affordable store is, mm -hmm. of you going there every week is, is not, um, you, it's rarely, it's like kind of a rare event unless, you know, you all take the family, you drive 20, you know, through traffic, so let's say 45 minutes, you shop everything, then come back. Right. That's a whole day for some people, right? Mm -hmm. That's like three or four hours compared to if you just walk down the block, get what you need, come back, and that's it. It's a done deal. Exactly. It's just it's just something that I want people to understand and, and take into account of, all right, I understand you want black betterness and all that stuff, but you also have to think about what's still in the community first and fix that instead of blaming the people, right? Because we're just living, we're just in it. We're we're living in it, right? And there isn't much that we can do to to appease that because a lot of people aren't even concerned about that. They're just concerned about living until the next day. Yeah. You feel me? It's all about survival in 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 Brownsville. That's what oh, I've there, learned. There's something interesting about the the bill that um, the oh yeah bill. the bill. My bad. <laughs> I forgot I know, we went so off topic. No, I think it's still within because there is um, in the rescue plan for small businesses there are key components and packages that include minority-owned businesses yes. so they could rehire and retain workers while keeping them safe. And another part of it that was very interesting is the black farmers. Yes, the black farmers. Yes. Which I've, I think um, New York Times, was it? 1619. 1619 one of the, the best episodes ever on the last that. two episodes yes it was the last two i believe it was there was only like five, five. episodes in total so episode four and five were mm -hmm. about the history of black farmers and how how little black farmers there are now and that's due to them not receiving the contracts necessary to keep on harvesting what it is that they need to harvest so what what we've learned what i've learned in that in those two uh podcast episodes is the fact that farmers don't make that much money like at all farm farming is is a is a lost business like you lose money every time you farm no profit margin it's there's no profit margin when it comes to Academic farming so what they do is they they sign contracts to 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 different companies to these bigger companies that supply them what they need in order to crop basically and and you know they go to banks for loans and all that stuff too and what they've been finding out is that it is a lot harder for black farmers to get any sort of loans to get any sort of contracts for the money that they need in order to create the best crop right and that's been an issue that's been a long issue that has been under the the rug for a long time and yeah. so Joe Biden, with along with this um, trillion dollar bill, um, a lot of that money is going to be allocated towards black farmers. And I think that is incredible. It's amazing. And one thing you were saying, um, what well, I learned a lot from that episode and something that came up many times is banks themselves are prejudiced or obviously oh. racist against people of color and, and the minorities that they say they're going to help. Because I remember my favorite Trevor Noah joke 
was because he's half black, half white, and he moved to the United States. Mm-hmm. He said, and they asked him, what you going to write on the, the bank note? He wrote white, white, and they were shocked. You damn he, right. He doesn't pass for white at all. Of course not. But, <laughs> but then he said later on, he, they found out that most of these banks charged uh, with like predatory lending um, higher uh, interest rates to people of color. Of course. So he was right to put white on the sheet, you know, <laughs> in his joking way. I don't and blame him. did that, but... At the at the same time, it it kind of showed. It's like we're meant to lose. I know this. They designed the system to make people lose. I know this has nothing to do with the farming, but sometimes when I apply to jobs, I pull white just to see what happens. Because Giovanni Anglin, it's a it's Irish, it's an Italian first name and it's an Irish last name, and I just want to see what happens. And sometimes I get callbacks. I do get the callbacks. Not gonna lie. You know, it's funny when they ask you those questions on like race and background, because I've been applying for a couple of jobs lately. So I've been looking and most of these use the same frame of website. So, of course, they ask you if you're Latino. Yeah, like yeah. greenhouse and all that jazz. Glass then house. After, yeah. Then after that, oh, yeah, greenhouse. Yeah, glass house and all those stuff. Yeah. LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. They ask you, are you Latino? Then after that, they ask you, are you black? And you're, you're race. And after that, they ask you if you're exactly. uh, able to. We have any disabilities, and then after that, they ask you, You're a veteran. But every time they go to the question, they ask you, Race, like, ah, like they say they won't do this to defer, right? But at the same time, they are. Are you going to defer? But see, here's the thing though, because I was having a conversation with, with web developers and, and people in tech, and there's this thing that's been happening where the AI is, is learning racism. Like that's a thing that it's learning racism and it's learning key things that are in applications or or that in that are in uh, certain things where they will know whether uh, a user is black or not and they will you know just get rid of it. Like that's a thing that's been happening. So most deny buttons at the end of the day happen to be people of color, hence the AI thinks uh, the ones that are denied. Or not good, but at the end of the day, when they look at the percentage, it was like a lot of people of color. Because maybe they wrote, I think I, I know what you're talking about too. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people write certain sentences certain ways that they will depict it as like, like not intelligent or not as they follow like the basics of what they're looking for. I forgot there's an HBO documentary about um, those. Uh, I'm losing track of where i'm going but i understand what you mean because when they kind of test you they have like this basis of the, the the ultimate worker that they're looking for which is also at the same time all these studies start with like 50 white people and that's kind of what they're basing it off of exactly so if you have a harder accent if you have uh different morals and point of views they're gonna take all that into consideration then throw, throw your application out mm-hmm Sometimes when it when I do apply to those stuff, it does get frustrating, especially when it comes to podcasting producer and all that stuff is because I'm already doing it like I've been actively doing it. So this should be an an easy look right here. This should be easy. But I think sometimes it it has to do with the resume or, or how my resume is 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 created or how it's looked at as that I may not be getting any sort of hitbacks. Yeah. 
Because at the end of the day, um, all these type of jobs are, um, it'd be easier to get it if you just either nepotism, like someone in the family, or you just, you just know, know someone. someone. Yeah. And that's it at the end of the day. So <laughs> it really like this, does. You got to stretch that circle. If you're, and that's the problem for a lot of people because some people, it's like they can't either, they can't make friends or they can't hold relations or not, they don't have that type of skill. Mm hmm. So it's like, hey, we, we're telling you, if you don't have the skill, you cannot evolve a human society. No matter how good your freelance skills are, they just don't want to hire you because you don't have this particular skill. And that's what kind of what makes the workplace a problem because you have all of these people that are exactly the same. And then they're going to like, they're not going to learn from each other. They're not going to grow. And, and then, that's kind of what keeps the work culture like terrible. And, and then what's going to happen is you're going to have expose articles like what they did with Gimlet talking about how there's no or little to, to diverse representation at the workplace. And that leads to this toxic culture in, in X, Y, and Z. Exactly. So it's a, it's a loose, loose situation. It is. But then see what happens is a lot of the people of color that don't get these jobs, they go on and create other stuff. Then they create oh. their, I'm sorry. So I was going to say the it was a HBO Max originals persona, the dark truth behind the personality test. Ooh, okay. And that was disgusting, like the test and how they're designed and how it was who they were based on. And that's why other races can't pass the test compared to the white race, because that's like who they were testing out. In the it's first for place. white people. Yeah, because if it was, as he said, like if you're doing research, you're supposed to do a broad, like a uh, medicine, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, if you have to test it on everybody, that's the that's what makes Johnson Johnson a little bit different from the other ones, is because they went all over. They went to Brazil, they went to Africa to test it. Because they test it on every type of race group and every type of social economic class, because you have to really understand like how it works. And they were able to get completely different marks compared to everybody else because they were. Um, sampling a bigger pool of people. Yeah. Hence, it's going to look a little bit different. It might look a lot more realistic than when you're really like have a close participating rate of people within your own neighborhood. Because you can put that like, you know, most of these uh, tests are designed on ads that you put in the newspaper and within your own community. So they're just going to locally pick up who's around. And that's how these persona tests are made, which is the same thing about the AI. It, uh, it's all like connected. That's why I had to bring up the documentary. It's a really good one. Check it out. Um, it's on HBO Max, Persona, The Dark Truth Behind uh, Personality Test. Shout out to HBO Max, man. It's hell of expensive, but you guys get some some great content, and you don't have to pay $30 just to see a movie that's going to be in the movie theaters now since the movie theaters are open that you can just watch for $5. Hey, hey, hey. We're about to get there later. We're going to get know? there later, but... <laughs> Oh, man. Dang, we got to shift the conversation over to something just horrible that's going on, man. Because we were having such a great conversation. But, again, one of the states that Joe Biden is going to is Georgia. And during his Georgia trip, he's actually going to go to the sites where more where the massacre of last week has been happening thanks to 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long, who is, quote-unquote, not... He he's not racist or xenophobic against Asian Americans. He quote unquote had a bad day. He had a bad day. Took a one down, sung a sad song, and turned it around. That's what happened. And for those of you who do not know, um, 
We should know. Or you, know, you, you or should just in case know. you already forgot because the Colorado incident happened. Word. There's, there's just right. so many mass like shootings that's been happening. And the crazy thing is Dave Chappelle had a had a joke on Saturday Night Live the night when Joe Biden became president officially. He said that if there's one good thing that COVID has done, it it has prevented mass shootings. So it's great for these white mass shooters to stay their asses home. Because before COVID, there was mass shootings every week. And it just seems to be like the prime weapon to be used is these AR-15s, right? And it seems like since things are starting to get back to where they used to be, starting to have this semi-normalism, it just feels like everything is just starting to pick up where it was left off. You feel me? So, yeah, and... One of the things that brought up, as you said, because they said it wasn't a racist attack, is because the the people who killed were Asian. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's been building for the past year about the increase of Asian attacks within many Asian communities. So there's San Francisco, yeah. which is, uh, remember, a bunch of articles came out within the same amount of time because all these attacks happen like one day after the next. Right. San Francisco, here in New York City, of course, in Queens. Uh, all over, all over, there, there's just been this unadulterated, quote-unquote, war against Asian Americans. And I feel like once, once COVID became political, right, and once they, it became finger-pointing from the former president, that's when things started to, to shift a lot because... Uh, to me, 45 used Asians as the scapegoat, saying, hey, they are the problem. They are the enemy because of this disease that is now here that's affecting us, that caused us to shut down, that caused you to not have any money, that caused you to lose your job. You feel me? That caused you to, to wear this mask that I know that you don't want to wear. It's their fault. You feel me? It's the same, it's the same thing that happened in 9-11, right? where we all know what happened in 9-11, but um, it felt like an us against uh, Middle Easterns. It's the same thing, and I don't think it's right at all. And for this kid to to come around and just shoot up massage parlors, and then for him to, to say that this isn't racially motivated, this is just him having a bad day because he's a... He has he's a sex addict and and he just wanted to cleanse his demons and I just find it completely asinine. Yeah, it's it it's because of the police, right? That mm-hmm. they arrest him, started an investigation, and they immediately said that that's what Captain Jay Baker. That's what yeah. Captain Jay Baker said that this twenty one year old kid just had a bad day. And he decided to to just take it out on people, and he and he targeted um, these massage parlors because he's a sex addict. And this is the beauty of white privilege, Bastion, because even in him admitting to doing this crime, right? He was still being called a suspect. He was being called a kid, and they believe. I don't know if they they believed him, 
in what he's saying or or his reasoning as to why he's doing these things but they're putting it out there for the public they're putting his explanation and his reasoning out there for the people and that is the beauty of white privilege right there the beauty of white privilege and what white privilege is bash is getting the benefit of the doubt all the time that's what it is you can pull up with an ar-15 and just unload and officers will just come and arrest you and you get to walk out nothing's going wrong meanwhile there are of course there are unarmed black people that have been sleeping that get killed that just walk around in a hoodie with some skittles and some and some arizonas and get shot i don't know bro i just find it all disgusting then it kind of leads into the conversation with uh, gun control of course they're going to use many things saying they're going to remove your guns and that's one, one thing it's about, happening uh, already yeah it, they started the conversation punk ass ted cruz is at it again they started the conversation and it happens over and over again oh. and you know it's funny every time that conversation comes goes like comes up about gun control yeah because guns aren't the problem gun bastion price, not, um gun sales go up oh 100 and the reason why gun sales go up is because people want to protect themselves and they think that they're going to take away their guns so you know cop a gun before it's a uh, the limited time only mm-hmm. it happens every time all the time and we're not going to like united states could barely get things through on a federal level mm-hmm. like there's no way they're going to ban guns like come on they won't even give you health care if they <laughs> if they ban guns for health care this would be a different dimension but right it's like they care more about their guns and help than the process than the system to save you if you get shot well, I mean, Bastion, the Second Amendment is your right to, to bear arms. That's the second thing. You get your freedom of speech and, and you get your freedom to, to, took to like keep your muskets. took like minutes and 30 seconds to load. That is true. you have time to bring yours. Like, who's the fastest gunslinger in nineteen in 1776? Well, well, the seven, people in the 1770s can't freaking fathom the, the, the power of an AR-15. No way poor people had... Uh, guns back then like that. Yeah, that was strictly built for the army in seventeen seventy six. Mm, I wouldn't know about that. I don't know. Poor people couldn't vote like that. Remember they started adding Oh more yeah ways rich for rich vote. aristocrats and all that's jazz. Exactly. You had to be rich. You had to own property to vote. Mm. You don't have property, you're worthless. Good point. Good point. Uh, that's fair. You know what I mean? It's so I just want to say that I, I... The patches has been boring. <laughs> You're right, bro. But I just want to say that as as someone who who comes from a, a history of being targeted, being treated unfairly, um, I just want to say, and I think Bashan shares the same sentiment that you know I'm with you. A I'm with you, definitely. We we stand for we stand for and with you all, Asian Americans. Um, basically, basically have nots, man, people of color. We understand what it's like to, to be profiled, to be, to be misrepresented, to be mistreated, all of that stuff, bro. So, you know, it, it'd be nice if we all come together for a change. You dig? 
That's just me. We know who to fight. <laughs> we all know who the who the common enemy is, but also see here's the dopest thing about about white supremacy is that you know there's there's like this this racial um this racial pyramid or this racial status where where everyone is ranked and sometimes there's there's you know there's infighting between other races of color due to perception and and, and, and the my my what's it the minority yeah the I got the terminology already what model minority model minority yeah yeah and yeah. that whole terminology is just mm-hmm. like brings everybody down it's like oh Asian people they got it good it's like no there's just just like people of color there is a of course there's always a a high uh, upper middle class population and there is a way bigger not in the news ever lower population and they need help too it all mm-hmm. kind of depends on their place of origin mm-hmm. and just like there's a lot of uh people in other countries that left because of war at home the same thing for the asian population right so but it's all we, a win-win that's true but we also scenario. can't ignore that you know there's also always been tensions between asians and black people due to how white supremacy and ideologies swing within each neighborhood that is so, true you know because black people's hate on well certain i would say certain or certain um or the ideologies in mind they have on asian comes from the white supremacy same as vice versa on asian to black it's white white supremacy so that's we're being tricked to play each other yeah i agree right same way with poor uh white serfs and slaves back in the day so that that's just the way it is you've got to tell one lie to the other they not trust each other can't work together yeah it's all in the, in the book it it's is the same thing the you're so right you're absolutely right and you know this this affects me in, in a different way because you know i have two asian nieces you know i have asian sister-in-law i have asian family so you know seeing this i do think about them a lot and I do worry about them a lot. And I do think about, yo, because they do live around Chinatown. And Chinatown has had, um, has had you know, their different altercations over there. And I do think, like, yo, it can be a possibility. You feel me? I do think mm-hmm. about that. And I do think about, yo, what if this happens? Like, how am I going to react? How am I going to feel? Am I going to do something I'm going to regret later on? You know, because it's a it's a real thing. It is definitely a real thing that I think about in the back of my head a lot of the time. And that's why I pay attention to to what's going on currently. Yeah. Crazy we, times we're living in. Hard times that we live it's in. It's all politics at the end of the day. It's right. Like really, all this has crumbled down the minute he said what, like Kung Flu? Yeah, the, the whole thing. Just... That's what I said, bro. In the beginning of this, as soon as the the coronavirus pandemic became political, as soon as he went down that route, everything changed. Yeah, because in the first two months, March, the end of March, like around this time, April, May, everyone was in unison. Everyone had some. There was some unity going on. Everyone understood a little that. bit a there little was a little bit, bit. we people because understood th- that this thing is bigger than ourselves okay yeah because there were some violence um against asian people earlier within march and april but i could tell you like it it, it if it happened during like the summer fall and spring throughout mm. the past year they definitely didn't put it in the media it was like a big event like the shooting that happened 
yeah. down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. It's like to bring it up again. It's like, no, it's been happening for a very long time. It all depends on your news source, it's right? It's been happening a lot this month, last month, January. Yeah, There's like three incidents that happened in San Francisco, let alone. Yeah. Right? And like, you can't hide this. It's been happening for a very long time. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's difficult. And those, the same way the black boxes didn't help, the yellow boxes won't help either. It's it's bigger than like a social media. Yeah, movie. bro. That's like, the that's one thing that I was like, ugh. And I did see a lot of uh, a lot of Asian Americans go on and call out certain certain platforms like Eighty Eight Rising, which I don't. I think I think it's, they it's, it's, music, right? They, do they do music? They do all media. Sorry. Media? Okay. Well, yeah, they were calling out, you know, those certain platforms that were pushing the the yellow box thing to show solidarity between um, Asian Americans on social media, which received a lot of backlash. And I don't think I've seen a lot of those since. Yeah, it was it was up and out real mm-hmm. quick. And they, they deleted it. It's yeah. not even there anymore. And then you had freaking NBC, of all people, try and, try and do the Burger King UK thing of, of, of clickbaiting an article, which was a huge backfire. You remember that? No, nah, I don't remember. Oh, what? yeah. Blacks okay, I didn't to... see yeah. it, yeah. but I saw the jokes on it. Right. I, I saw the fake joke, then mm-hmm. I saw the real one afterwards. Mm-hmm. Which was, um, the, the, the clickbait was, um, how blacks can show solidarity with Asian Americans, or something like that, right? Oh, it's just talking about the Asian panel that was on TV. Oh, what? Tell that, me about the Asian the... panel that was on TV. I didn't know Never about mind. this. That. That that was this whole separate thing. That was really bad. Oh, can you? Do you want to tell me about it? Or no, no, absolutely. Not. Okay. It was it was bad. This is, it's an understanding that a lot of industries don't have the right representation in them. Hence, they do nonsensical things mm-hmm. like create things without any representation. So it, it's like oh, okay. You, you you show your hand if you show said if you're like Black Lives Matter and you say and you do like an article, a nonsensical article right after says yeah you don't even have any black people in your staff or in your editing staff because they would not let that swing they'll look at it and say hey stop right there this is not gonna swing yeah but yeah there's no buts i agree with you 100 percent, 100 percent. so i guess we could get into the song of the week man we've been going for an hour straight let me yes, i need a water break real quick so first song of the week appropriately is called hard times comes from Paramore from the 2017 album After Laughter. We'll be right back. Once again, you're tuned to 99.5 FM, WBAI, New York. This is Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. Here's Paramore.
That was Paramore with Hard Times from their 2017 release, uh, After Laughter, right? Yeah, After Laughter. Welcome back to Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. If you would like to message us at all, please hit us up at BlackSeinfeldNY at gmail.com for any sort of messages, feedback. We appreciate all of that. And don't forget to follow us, like us on all of our social medias, Black Seinfeld NY, on Instagram and Twitter. Please follow us on all of the podcasting platforms, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Apple. It helps us. It helps the algorithm. Um, we don't have money for payola yet, so you know the best way to get noticed is through is through the the numbers. So please leave a comment, drop a five stars, talk about how much you enjoy the show, talk about how much you you love the show, and hell, man, shoot, hit us hit us up at um at at freaking board ops at wbai.org just to let the people know let the people in charge know that hey we like black seinfeld we rock with black seinfeld this is a great show and tell your friends about it stop being lazy and stop being selfish okay that's rude you're trying to get paid we're trying to sell out here all right i'm trying to get doc martin sponsorships all right let's uh oh before we get into music since you um you have one more shot for your covid one more shot for the covid man and here's a smart thing that companies are now doing to i guess encourage people to get vaccinated since you're gonna laminate since you said you're going to laminate your card i'm definitely going to laminate perfect. my i'm going to laminate my card i'm going to put it in my wallet so that way you know i get to, i get to travel places i get to go back to the gym i get to go back to the movies i get to do the things that i love to do but also, it seems like I can get a free Krispy Kreme glazed donut. That's right, people. If you are vaccinated, you just need to show off the card that you get that shows your dosage, um, what doses did you get. If you're fully vaccinated, if you're half vaccinated, cool. Take your ass over to Krispy Kreme to get a free glazed donut. That's what Krispy Kreme is doing. So guess what? It's going to be a beautiful day today. It's going to be like what? In, uh, in the, the low to mid 60s, taking my ass over to that Krispy Kreme and getting Krispy Kreme's at? There's a Krispy Kreme over in Manhattan. It's around 37th Street, I want to say. So there's one Krispy Kreme that I know of, and it's around 37th Street. I never had it. I've had it, man. And Krispy Kreme glazed donuts, they're, they're legit, man. They're pretty Here's good. What? Well, I do understand this this entire time. This is, I think I probably spent like maybe 18, maybe 23 years thinking that Dunkin' Donuts is like pretty much the best you ever get in Ooh. donuts. Oh, no. And sir. that's not true. Not at all. It's just, when I'm from Queens, there's a Dunkin' Donuts every three blocks. That is true. So there's no room for donut shops. Well, you know what, Bastion? Room here... for bagel shops, but not for donuts. Yeah, I was just about to say that uh, here in New York, man, we have a bigger bagel culture than we do donut culture. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's more about the bagels here. We have a lot of bread stuff here in New York that, that has a huge culture and huge following like pizza, bagels, pastrami sandwiches, that sort of stuff. Not so much donuts. We don't have a huge donut culture here. Yeah. It's, 
the thing about bagels that's like been very dis- disrespectful because some bagel shops if they don't proof it right they could like mess up the whole batch because my mom's went to get bagels the other day and all the raisin bagels came like flat and crushed mm. looking like looking like a raisin within itself it's like yo they really just gave you the flat like a bagels this is this is bad i would have just looked at that bag and was like nah i'm not getting any of these round only none of these bagels have a circumference i'm out of here they don't have the the button no nah, it, it looks bad it looks oh. like a, a, a jelly bean did it look that's how bad the bagel look it looks like a jelly bean did it look like um those um what's that brand of, of bagels that that's the same brand for like uh dave's english muffin is it called dave's i, I don't think it's called dave's i hate uh store bought um bagels yeah it's they, those store-bought bagels it just plastic. looks round you know it has the nice hole in the middle i don't plastic. like those bagels they're equivalent to bagels people that buy bagels from uh starbucks who buys bagels from Starbucks? I didn't a lot, know they st- a lot of people. A lot of people. First off, I didn't even know Starbucks do bagels, but it makes sense. Breakfast, right? It's sad. It's a sad truth. New Yorkers got to treat themselves better. They do. They definitely do. Choices and your bagel choices. Yeah, man. I judge my father heavily because he goes and gets the red eye from Starbucks. And really? I, yeah. Oh, What's it like a shot? and coffee yeah so a red eye for those of you who don't know is a shot of espresso and drip coffee and he drinks it black so no milk or anything and i try and tell him like yo uh to be real with you like starbucks coffee sucks especially like their espresso because they don't even press it themselves it's not it's all animated it's all um automated it's just a bright uh, a button you press and that's it like you know, there's no finesse into it. They don't do anything, bro. Like, it's it's not that good. It's not layered. There's no layers to the espresso. There's none of that. There's no crema. There's none of that, B. Dude, no, there's still crema in it. Um, But consistency is key. If I go to one uptown, if I go to one in Queens, if I go to one in uh, Seattle, no, nah, I think Seattle are a little bit better. Um, But if I go anywhere for Starbucks, it'll taste exactly the same. Oh, yeah, of and course. That's, and that's what they want to do. But, but hey, yeah, let, 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 let's get straight into music. Enough of this coffee talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go into some music, man, because we got some new music. One of my favorites, The Butcher's Coming, Griselda, back with another one, Benny the Butcher, with the plugs I met too, with instrumentals from La Musica de Harry Fraud, baby. One of my favorite producers, but he's also very stingy because. Harry Fraud, he doesn't he doesn't release his instrumentals like that, like at all. And I don't like that, okay? There's certain songs that I love from Harry Fraud that will never ever you'll never get an instrumental from it. You won't get a clean version from it. You won't get any of that stuff from Harry Fraud. Like one of my favorite tracks that Harry Fraud ever did was was the Riff Raff track with Childish Gambino. Oh, Childish Gambino. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking that same exact thing. That beat was bonkers. That beat went hard, bro. My mind goes round like a roundabout. That was from the Neon Icon album. Yeah, man. Lava Glaciers. Shout out to Riff Raff, wherever he is in life. That beat was too much. 2014 was different. It was a different time, bro, where the creators was just creating. But once again, like I said before, the Butcher's coming. The plug I met to Harry Fraud, Benny the Butcher. Now, 
we've already said this before, but if you don't know, Conway the Machine is my favorite Griselda member, while Bastion's favorite is West Side Gun, correct? Yes, sir. Benny the Butcher, he's a great artist, and he did a great job with this nine-track album of just, you know, straight-up Coke bars, that drug rap. Something that you just expect from Griselda, what you expect from Benny the Butcher, but Harry Fraud, one of the greatest, one of the best producers of all time, and he and Benny just, they just work well together. His beats just just go so well with Benny's drug bars and one of my favorite tracks is plug talk featuring two chains it's bec- and the reason why it's because um that beat had more of a two change trap sound and I appreciate Benny you know going outside of the box you know I understand that Griselda uh, the reason why a lot of them are, are popular is due to the fact that you know they have that old school New York 90s boom bap gangster drug bar sound right but i like it when when they can switch up beats and be versatiles on certain beats and and still deliver what they're good at um there's also really good features on plugs i met too like i said before you had two chains i believe there's fat joe there's a there's um there's a verse led by uh, the late great Chinks Drugs. Shout out to Chinks, uh, French Montana, Jim Jones, Rick Hyde. It's just it's a solid project, man. Only 28 minutes, nine tracks. You can't go wrong at yeah. all. I, I only heard the project once, um, but I, I thought it was I thought it was thorough. Um, Plug talk with two chains, definitely one of my favorite tracks. See. See, yeah. two chains just killed that. But definitely the first track brought it in. It's like, oh, okay, this is a project, of course. Mm-hmm. When yeah. Tony met Sosa, do you recommend people to listen to it? I recommend people that are, if you're already a fan of Griselda, chances are you probably listen to it. If you're a fan of that old school sound of hip hop, if you if you like that lyrical miracle spiritual, this is for you. If you're a fan of drug rap, this is for you. If you want something to ride out to with this nice warm weather that we're getting, this is the album for you. Uh, And if you don't like any of that sort of stuff, then I would say avoid it. But definitely check out the new Benny the Butcher, Harry Fraud track, man. I mean, album. Sorry, album. (laughs) Plug The Plugs I Met 2. And the album I'm going to discuss today is Lana Del Rey's seventh album, <sighs> Hemtrails Over the Country Club, this... the 45-minute, 11-track album that released last week. And, of course, I'm not going to ignore her controversial statements. Problematic uh, quote, unquote, question, question for the culture where she threw many women of color artists' names under the bus Plug. while trying to present her point of critics critiquing her subject matter in her own music. Like Mabu Kailani. Yeah. Then saying... Many other statements following after, which I'm pretty sure if if you don't know the story by now, any publication would explain it to you within like the first paragraph of their chemtrails over their country club review. That being said, this is a really good album. <laughs> uh, this is a really good album. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've been listening to it uh, like every day. And the album starts with the song White Dress, which I thought, you know, just looking at the title would be a song about like a wedding, like a wedding song. 
but it's actually the uniform she wore as a waitress. And that, and I think this song, I'm going to slightly break down this song because this song pretty much encapsulates what the whole album is about. Because the song is about a simpler time before the fame, young and getting into the music industry. Because the first verse, like the first lines of the album is stun stare, don't care with my hand, with my head in my hands, thinking of simpler times like Sun Ra, feel small, but I had to, but I had it under control every time. So those four lines pretty much talks about like it starts with the present tense. Then it's like traveling back in time when she was like 19 and younger. But like Sun Ra in terms of confidence, but was very small at the time, but had everything under control. So she, she didn't know where she was going for the future, but she felt like she was in her safe ground at the same time. So it will kind of keep going forward. And the Sun Ra line was pretty interesting because uh, later in the song, she said, but I would still go back if I could do it all again, I thought, because it made me feel made me feel like a god. So it, it could also be that whole young you thing where you kind of have like delusions of grandeur because you, you think you're immortal or the infinite, but you're also the most confident at your time because you're young and you haven't had the experiences of pain and loss because, you know, she did start as Lizzie Grant in, in her first album. That didn't go well. And then she kind of had to reinvent herself as Lana Del Rey. You know, so summertime this, sadness and all that. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of I'm just really just breaking down the first song and I, I want people to kind of listen to the rest of the album because it's just like this beautiful piano chord that just goes in the back and she's just like the emotional singing. So one of my good friends, Kyle, shout out to you. Um, he, I I pretty much sent him the picture. I was like, because he's a huge fan of Don Del Rey. It's like, wow, like this is the first song like to go this hard in the first song. This is like a really emotional song. So, yeah, um, it's a great album. Uh, I do recommend the listeners to go check it out. You know, put on your headphones, put on the speaker, and just, like, just relax with the music. It's nice piano music. Her singing is very beautiful. So the whole album is pretty much her childhood, relationships, uh, great songs like the, her single, Let Me Love You Like a Woman. Then Wild Heart is another one. Another one of my favorite songs because it has my favorite lines in it. I love you lots like polka dots. You're killing me more than coffee pots and insta thoughts <laughs> you feel that you feel mm. that <laughs> so I'm yeah check you. out the... i'm with you <laughs> yeah so yeah check out the album I, I i'm a big fan of the album i know she said a lot of crazy problematic things a times. lot jeez bro like but then she wore the mesh the 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 freaking mesh mask and a little mesh barnes mask. and noble uh, meet and greet that. and all that remember that yeah i can't forget but other than that it's a it's a very beautiful uh very emotional album about the, the, her past you know she's uh, much older now and she just wanted to make an album just Word. what her childhood was like it's crazy that lana del rey now is like what 35 36 now yeah dude, dude there's been so many album anniversaries that's been coming out and i've just been like yo this sucks because I remember like where I was back then and when this album came out, like I remember February just passing and they talked about the life of Pablo's like fifth anniversary. And I remember like this thing was supposed to come out on Valentine's day, but it freaking didn't. And then that was only the first cut of the album. And, and I think 
did you see the um the the concert in a the movie theater? In the movie theater, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. In Madison Square Garden. Oh man, and now look at Kanye. Now he's is he is he really the richest black man in America, or is that just no. a rumor? It's, it's everyone a posted that. No, because it's a hip hop blog site, and it's like, why would they lie about this right now? Okay, you know, and it's funny because like I remember Lana Del Rey's like the, the first album, Born to Die. Yeah. I remember when it came out, twenty twelve. And I was listening to it with my friends. It's like, yo, because the reviews and the credits were like, oh, this is garbage. And it's like, you know, everybody was giving me five out of ten. And it's like, oh, I'm going to quit music. I was like, yo, this album is really good. I remember <laughs> hearing Summertime Sadness a lot that, that year, too. Born to Die, Dark Paradise. Yo, I, I was a huge fan of this album when it came out. Mm. So I was like, nah, she can't quit music. She just started. So yeah, she has a lot of great projects, but I think this 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 one is a is a timepiece. Mm-hmm. So you know how the artist could drop like that small classic, yeah, and not be referred to as like the first or second album. I think this is it for her. Is it better than Norman Rockwell? Um, I never gave Norman Rockwell like the 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 chance needed. Maybe the period of time when it came out, I just wasn't uh, vibing listening to music or listening to her particularly. Twenty? Didn't she? You didn't you didn't put that on like your list in twenty nineteen? Because that came out wow. in 2019. Norman Walker? I'm pretty sure that came out last year. No, it came out 2019, bro. Okay. But yeah, no, nah, I, I, didn't, I didn't give it time. Okay. So I was probably too busy. Fair. Yeah, you were. You were so. still working. So yeah, that was kind of my quick review on the album. I do recommend people to check it out. It was, Facts. It was very, very fun, beautiful lyrics. So what should we do? Should we get into the next song or do you just want to go straight into the versus battle? Yeah, let's, let's go into verses. Let's get into it. Because he has to discuss uh, Snyder stuff. Word. All right, man. The versus battle that had a horrible promotion, horrible marketing, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon the Chef, Wu-Tang Clan. Honestly, Bastion, I will say this. So this occurred Saturday, last Saturday, Saturday the 20th, right? And I was outside because, once again, first day of spring, great weather. And once I came home, I was chilling, and you hit me up, and you were like, yo, there's a versus battle tonight, and it's, and it's uh, Ghostface and Raekwon. And I was shocked because literally no one on my personal Twitter timeline was talking about it, like, at all. No one was talking about it. And I found that completely weird, so once I saw... I, I I I logged in on on the uh, versus IG, and it's been gone. It's been going for like an hour, so I just decided to cut it and just wait till it's over with, so I can just watch it from be from start to finish. And you know, a lot of people on my tw- on my timeline started going, "Yo, like, there's a freaking versus going on, and and we didn't know about it." And so, in looking at the um the number of people that were in it was only like 100 no when like, i hit you up about it it was like a hundred thousand mm-hmm. like a hundred thousand it was on that hundred a hundred k to to like high 90k mm-hmm. and i was just like what the hell is going on right now because these two are, are, are like are legends wu-tang clan is is one of the most dominant rap groups, if not the most dominant rap groups in hip-hop history, period, bar none. Um, I don't know. Maybe 
maybe this was something for like the old lyrical miracle heads. Maybe that's why people weren't listening to it. Or maybe it's because now that things are semi open again, people are just outside more, especially on a Saturday. And especially with the weather getting warmer. Hey, maybe people are just outside more or maybe Triller, which is the new partner for for versus who now you, there's it's no longer on Apple or anything. So you have to get the Triller app. Um, they just did a, a poor job of of um, advertising this battle because Triller also helped um, advertise the freaking Mike Tyson fight with Roy Jones. And that did numbers. But when it came to this, I don't know, maybe Triller had to had to has to market themselves better. But the battle itself freaking awesome not gonna lie it's been it's one of the best verses i've seen in a while to be honest because the couple the last couple verses have been pretty lackluster but this one right here maybe i'm biased because i like wu-tang but bruh one of the best one of the best bastion what do you think i agree i think this is one of the more interesting bar for bar mm -hmm. because wu-tang they're all bars it, it, it's like the breath control is very important for these guys. And they're much older. And I think they joked about it sometimes when they sat down. It's like, yo, we want to do this verse? Like, nah. And I just love the commodity because, like I said, Raekwon and Ghostface, they're like... They're a duo. They're they're just like the super special duo within hip-hop. Yes. And once you know their history and how they came up, and to see that they're like such good friends and they respect each other in the highest level, especially in the hip-hop game, um, you, you look at their history. You look at their relationship much differently. That's why I always recommend, if like, if you have free time, to watch uh, the Wu Tang TV show on Hulu because it kind of shows them growing up and they're from two different project buildings, and they were literally trying to kill each other. Mm -hmm. From you know, on, well, of course, the Abbot was there, RZA, um, mm -hmm. and he was saying like he he poured the whole drink thing. I think I was messaging you like, yo, RZA's drinking. <laughs> Yeah, Rizzo was there, Capadonna was there, girl. Inspector Deck was there, uh, Young Dirty Bastard was there. I think Killer Priest was there. Killer Priest, uh, yeah, Killer Priest was there, um, yeah. Master Killer was there. It was like a whole woo affair, so... No, no, it was Master Killer, I don't think it was Killer Master Priest. Killer. It was Master Killer. So, with that happening, I just thought that my initial idea would have been great, because this was a whole, a whole woo affair, right? So I know like versus likes doing like these first time ever things or like first time ever, whatever, whatever. So I pitched the idea of having the first ever uh, Wu-Tang or, or not even Wu-Tang of just the first ever tag team battle, if you will. Right. Have Rizza and, and Raekwon because in the battle within itself, you know, they were trading bar for bar on the songs that they were on already so the whole the whole judging thing was off for me at least i stopped counting because you know what whatever this is for the culture this is for wu-tang clan and wu-tang clan is for the children so my whole thing was all right you know what you could have done you could have done raekwon and ghost versus red man and method man make it a whole woo affair and hell red man is already like an honorary wu-tang member because there's so many honorary wu-tang members and you know have have Capadonna come in, have Rizza, have all that stuff. It could have been a whole woo affair. I would have enjoyed that. I think that would have been awesome to see. That would have been interesting. It would have been complicated. It could have, but, it would have yeah. been complicated, but the fact that there were so many drop-ins from so many different woo members, it could have been done 
easy. No, I, I no no. I, I think it would have been easier just to do like the Raekwon versus Ghostface. In my opinion, I thought the song choices weren't that great. Well I don't think Well what were you and, gonna do, man, when they have a lot of songs together? No, no, like the order was a little bit, you know, all over the place. As someone that's listened to a lot of Ghostface, a lot of Raekwon, it's like, mm-hmm. yo, the, I can make it like a better start from easy and end at like the his hardest stuff of all time. Mm-hmm. The DJs felt like they were just playing random songs. I think that's well, what yeah, they wanted to do. That's what happened. Think, uh, Ghost but, was like, "Yo, just just play whatever, man, and, I, and I'm with it. Let's do it." Oh, you're supposed to play like you know the slow stuff, then get to the hardest, and that's how you end it. Mm. You know, but altogether, all this was like uh, it's like the fans win type thing oh yeah of course. i can't tell you who won like i think ghostface has a lot more albums than definitely Raekwon, of course definitely so you know you, you got to talk about his classics but at the same time you know they the clientele together um not my clientele they did a uh, cuban, cuban links, links together and they said and they said that it's gonna be a cuban links three part three it's gonna be the ending of the trilogy so i'm excited to see that um but but also, man, it it takes. I hope into... it's a different color because that one was red tape. It was purple tape. Purple like like a green tape or something. Maybe, maybe. But what I thought was interesting about uh, the battle was it put into perspective how how much of a figure Wu Tang and how much of a staple they are within the culture, right? And I don't know about you, Bastion, but do you think the Wu Tang symbol? The W itself is bigger than the actual Wu-Tang Clan. And the reason why I bring this up is because you could go to any sort of shop, any sort of places where they have, where they sell graphic tees, whether it been Hot Topic or FYE or Spencer's Gifts or freaking Target Old Navy. And you go to that little $5 graphic tee section, you're going to see a Wu-Tang shirt, right? And there are people out there that just get the Wu-Tang shirt that don't know a lick of Wu-Tang songs. They don't know the members. They know nothing. I remember working at Five Guys as a, as a, as a cashier, right? Some girl came up with the Wu-Tang shirt. And I'm like, yo, dope shirt. Like, yo, who's your favorite member? Blah, blah, blah. She had no idea what the hell I was talking about. It's a cool logo. It and is yes, a cool logo. I, I do agree. And this is kind of the whole idea with the Wu-Tang logo. And, and that's why um, the RZA and the RZA's brother understood the importance of having a good sign to represent the group because they know the group the sign within itself could go much further away than the sound mm-hmm. because it's the image and that's why logos are very important to companies <laughs> and to black so, yeah, Seinfeld, the show i, I do agree um the 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 logo is much bigger than the group but the, the group is what bought the logo oh 100 but then after that it's just it just becomes part of the culture Oh, absolutely. We think right now it's just like it's just submerged within the culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's synonymous. Never forgive Hot 97 for ruining Wu-Tang, though. I saw that documentary, all right? Because <laughs> Hot 97's fault. We all know. We all know. Oh, man. Shout out to the Wu-Tang Clan, bro. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to mess with. Protect your neck. And yeah. see, this is what I enjoy about Thrill. What I enjoyed about Triller they decided to give us a list well of two of two battles that's going to be happening soon one on easter which has been getting a lot of traction since they announced it and that was the Isley brothers versus earth wind and fire 
This is prime cleaning day too, and it's on Easter Sunday. This is prime cleaning day, Bastion. I'm excited for this one. That's right, old folks that tune into Black Seinfeld. Earth, Wind, and Fire versus the Isley Brothers versus Battle. That means 20 tracks apiece, back and forth. How are they going to do that? I play music right next to each other? So many members, bro. I don't know how many. I, I don't know. I don't no know. way they're going to have a DJ play live music. No, they didn't have. Did they have a DJ for Gladys Knight and Patti yeah. LaBelle? They did. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Oof, oof. I, I, I don't know. I want a band. <laughs> I want a band too. Those are band music. Absolutely. Who do you think is going to win that one? Depends. I say Earth, Wind, and True. I say Earth, Wind, and Fire. I think Earth, Wind, and Fire. I think Earth, Wind, and Fire. I say Earth, Wind, and Fire too. Because I know more of their hits compared to the Isley Brothers, even though I'm aware True. of their hits too. But mm -hmm. I think I know a lot more Earth Wind and Fire but, without listening to their projects. But even with the Isley Brothers, does Mr. Biggs get to get to like go off and play some of his solo stuff? No, nah, I don't think so. Does I that think count? It's group, group stuff. Okay, because if he plays that um that track with He Who Must Not Be Named, you know. I'm just saying Usher? it could be different. No, R. Kelly, dude. R. Kelly. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then there, there's another versus battle that's going to be happening for 20 Red Man versus Method Man, which, again, I should I said before, should have been a tag team. Red and Meth versus Raekwon and Ghostface, which I don't want that, to be honest, on, on 420. I get it. They did How High and all that stuff. But for me, at least, I think I'm the only one that wants to see it. Uh, I, I want to see Wiz Khalifa versus Currency. They're the two potheads, and Wiz Khalifa being the king of the potheads, I think. Just taking it back to... Like, the current generation? Yeah, just taking it back to Cushion OJ and all that stuff, man. Like, bruh, I think Wiz, I think Wiz and Currency could have showed out. And they have tapes together. They made they made records together. I think it would have been a great versus on 420. I, I think it's because they're still, like, popping in a way compared to the other artists that were there. Mm. Like, what's the most popping artist that came on... Uh versus ross versus two chains that's all i could think of off rip but that was the most boring out of all of them because it they're was. still popping mm. right that's true no one cared about that and we I everybody didn't. and they have like two strong fan bases you know but especially two chains even then i didn't cross. i didn't appreciate the the battle within itself because i didn't think their styles meshed well together at least Exactly, that's what I mean. So it's like, two changes, trap lavish, but like Ross is more flashy, shiny, glossy lavish. Ashton you know, Martin so, music, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like if the the they're still there's they're still on top of their game. So that's true. It's, I mean, it's unnecessary. I mean, hell, two change just killed a feature with Benny the Butcher. Plugs yeah, I met too. What was the last? Uh, Drake. Just did the feature with Rick Ross. That is true. Yeah, and that was like the highlights of that week. Yeah. So better than no, the lemon the, pepper freestyle, in my opinion. So no, these these artists are still good. So having Wiz Khalifa come into this event, like this event is literally for the old heads, and that's why uh, Method Man versus Red Man makes a lot more sense than Currency. That's fair. And, that because you told me that, it's like, mm, let me think about it. So I had some time. That's fair. That's fair. But I don't know if you know this, but they also just announced too. Uh, SWV versus Escape. Oh, really? Yeah, for May. All right. All right. So they're really planning out ahead yeah. as they should. And yes. I think they should have planned a lot better with the 
Ghostface Killer versus Raekwon. Absolutely. There's a lot more people because I remember seeing a rapper uh, that I follow on Twitter. It's like, how come no one told me about this? See, I'm like the biggest Wu Tang fan. I'm disappointed in everybody. Right. <laughs> It's Triller's just, fault. I blame Triller and I blame... It's even uh, a Saturday night, as you said. Yeah, you know, it's you, Saturday. You, there's nothing going on. All right. So, you know, you're just going to chill. You're going to watch a movie at 7 o'clock. Oh, it's 10. Let me check Twitter. What? Yeah. I just missed this big event. Now Exactly. You, you have to think about uh, everything coming back to normal now. Not not everyone is going to be staying at home anymore. Like, this is a thing you have to you have to work out now. Like, this is a thing. I don't know. Maybe do versus uh, watch parties now. I I don't know. Maybe that's a thing that can happen, but it's just a yeah. thought, man. Just a thought. Yeah. Speaking of watch parties, <sighs> most people may have to do a watch party in order to watch Black Widow, bruh, I on mean, Disney, bruh, dude. Disney Premier. I mean Disney <laughs> Disney Plus. Um, access Premier Access is this feature where movies that are being released new movies that be that are being released that are also being released in theaters um you have to pay $30 at home essentially and black widow was going to be one of those prominent movies that to be coming out one year later one year later and it got pushed back again so essentially it was supposed to come out in may around memorial day weekend but now it got pushed back to july 9th and it's also going to be available for $30 at home on the Disney app. Which, by the way, if you you pay the $6.99 just for the Disney app or the $13.99 for the Hulu and the ESPN Plus. The price went up. Yeah. Oh, and the price did go up to like $14, I believe. No, $13.99. $13? right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just wanted to make sure. I think it's complete BS. I hate the Premier Access. And the major reason why I hate the Premier Access is because what they did with Mulan. Like, it came out... It came out during... When did that come out, Bastion? It came out, like, what? Fall? November. November. And then, like, one month later, it, like, it was free. It was available for free. Yeah. It gets to trying to make the most money out of it. But I'm not going to blame them because it is an experiment. Which is why... Uh, HBO did the same thing, but they did it for free mm-hmm. with uh, Wonder Woman. Right, and, and I could say like it, it probably went well. Everybody watched it the week it came out, Hated compared it. to like yeah, it's like once they had the opportunity because it came out around Christmas. It was like it was no New Year's. It was around Christmas time. Around Christmas time, it was. I think it I watched Christmas. it around. I watched it around New Year's. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's when people just checked it out. So compared to Disney and HBO, they're both experimenting on things that uh, they've been thinking about for a very long time. Right. Netflix has been doing Netflix straight, you know, yeah. Netflix pay for it straight yeah. to Netflix. Yeah, but those they're not they're not giving you an extra paywall when it comes to HBO Max or Netflix. With Disney though, they're giving you a paywall for these new movies. But it's a little bit different because these movies are designed to make a lot of money. Right, compared to Netflix stuff, is just designed to make. Come on, like you, you never have you watched? Good question. Have you watched um, Coming to America (laughs) Two? No. Oh, see, in any other instance, if it came out movie theater, we would have watched it. No, I wouldn't. Because Coming to America Two, I've learned my lesson, Bastion. I've seen Zoolander Two terrible bad santa 2 terrible undercover brother 2 terrible i'm not no doing this thing. anymore no there is a such thing as undercover brother 2 
Michael J. White's in it. I'm I, I I'm telling you, it's real. But I don't believe you. I'm 100% serious. But the main point is, when it comes to movies like Coming to America, there isn't any need for the second movie, so I don't want to watch it. That's just me. But anyways, continuing on. When the hell did they make this movie? <laughs> I told you, bro. I told you. Why is Michael J. White in this movie? This is, and it is nothing like the first one. It is its own separate thing. They, so what's his name? Didn't make any money off of it. Of course not. They un, they, they, they like Mike Tudit, man. Different characters, different setting, different everything. Okay, street ball instead of the NBA. Damn it. Disgusting. Bastion right now for all, for all of you um people that are just listening he's looking at the actual uh, movie poster of Undercover Brother 2 starring Michael J White That's crazy that they didn't give it to Eddie Griffin Of course not been... And all this right. was when and... Eddie Griffin was broke too Yeah no he's not broke but No this is when he was broke Oh when he made the first one Yeah 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah 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 All right so let's let's get into the last topic of the day Yeah before we wrap up soon And that is the Zack Snyder cut is here of the Justice League Many people have been singing its praises they they are very happy with what the Snyder cut of the Justice League is and was supposed to be but it just made them that more angry because one wb and warner brothers have no sort of plans moving forward to to restart the the snyderverse if you will of the dceu um yeah bastion what are your initial reactions and thoughts of the snyder cut so Snyder Cut is a four-hour and two-minute rated R movie, right? Mm-hmm. Broken In up a... into parts, I believe, correct? Yes, broken up into like maybe six parts, I could say. And it is also in a 4-3 aspect ratio, so it's kind of designed for like the IMAX. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm watching on like a crappy TV at the time, and I'm like, nah, this, this just sucks. This is black everywhere it kind of fits more of the old school tv but no one has old school tvs anymore anyways overall first impression i did watch uh bits and certain scenes again the second time around i loved it it's actually one of the better like i say comic book movies in the terms comic that if they were to bring this as a comic as a volume one two and three mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense okay that way because the first comic you know you're introducing the villain and you're also introducing each character. Then by the second one, you get like you know Batman to meet everybody else. And the third one, they all work together. So as a comic book, like a literal taking a comic book and throwing it into a movie, um, something like they could have done with Watchmen. Like if they did a four-hour version of it, it would have been perfect. Just copy it. So that's how I feel about the Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's literally one of the best comic book, literally comic book, not superhero movie, comic, comic book, book movie. movie. Man. Um, because no, you you want to compare it to Marvel. Like you just feel like comparing it to Marvel. It's almost yeah. It, you have to compare it to Marvel because those are and, those are the two big dogs. And one thing I always said about like some of the DC films is like 
Marvel has done certain scenes. Mm -hmm. So when you see DC doing it and they did it badly, you're confused. It's like, it's not impossible to do. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty, because I've seen it done before and they did it really well there. Right. It's either do the same or do better. But if you did cheap, then it's just like, what's going on? So in this movie, they did everything better and everything well. So, like, in, I know you didn't watch the first one, but nope. any fan will attest that when you watch Wonder Woman in the bank scene, like, she's fighting really well. Then mm-hmm. you, when you're watching, like, Wonder Woman 1984, I mean, 1982. You, no, you're 1984, just like, you're right. 1984? Yeah, you're right. Oh, 1984. You're, you're like, well, what, what movie is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, why is she fighting in the mall? This sucks. All right, this overall, pretty much trying to break it down to explain, like, the original Just League is bad. Like, yes. not good. Josh Whedon is the worst human being ever. Right? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Does does the um does the Snyder Cut infuriate fans even more because of what yes. ha- occurred with the Joss Whedon Cut? It's so painful. Okay, let me just let you know, people know. Like, I did not watch the Justice League movie. I let my little brother watch it, and he explained to me. And then later on, I saw clips and pieces of it. Shout out to like, Marcus. Watch people do reviews. And, you know, I ended up watching it before watching this. No, quickly, you know, it's two hours. I was doing other things while watching the movie. And I was kind of annoyed by a lot of stuff. Then I watched the four-hour movie. Then I go back to watch the two-hour movie. Um, Just skipping through scenes and realizing what went wrong. Because apparently this movie was shot, right? Mm -hmm. But then he, uh, Snyder left because of... Creative differences? No, no, something happened in his family. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Warner Brothers wanted to finish it up, so they hired Josh Whedon, and they did a lot of reshoots to fill in the scenes. Mm. So you could actually see what was Snyder and what was Whedon. And I could tell you 100% of anything Whedon touched was a 0 out of 10. Oof. Like, anything funny, anything gross and just, like, comical, it, it was not good at all. The whole... Batman versus Superman scene when Superman came back was so much more impactful watching it in Snyder compared to watching it in the Whedon version because it felt comical. Batman is telling jokes throughout all Whedon's. Batman's like doing snar snar remarks to Wonder Woman's like, oh, you're not doing anything. You're hiding in the shadows. When that's not true because you literally saw her fighting uh, uh, in, in, the, in the bank earlier in the movie. So it's like it doesn't line up and all these characters don't make sense. And of course, the biggest, the biggest middle finger was to Cyborg, who yeah. had no role whatsoever in the Whedon, but in the Snyder universe, it's like he plays he was so important to the role, to the movie. Like everything revolved around him. The reason they were able to win is because of the things they showed him doing in behind the scenes. You know, his dad has a lot more character. Yeah. Even Barry was more interesting as the Flash. And they were showing, like, ways his power worked. That's what people were saying. Like, the Flash had a lot more interesting scenes than in the, re- in the regular one. So, yeah, I can tell you that it was a painful, a painful decision for DC to just hire Josh Whedon to cut up and paste his own idea what the movie should be. Instead of the the Snyderverse that we, we we ended up accidentally getting. Now, Bastion, I keep hearing this a lot. All right, I keep seeing this around. 
So I'm going to ask you, is this version of the Justice League better than Endgame? Um, it's really hard to compare it, but if I were to compare the movies together, mm-hmm. then yeah, I would say this was mm. not, nah, like I said, it's too hard to compare because Endgame is like this is, is a wrap. Is literally the conclusion. Right. This movie is the beginning, middle, and end of, of something that should come in the future. But the end game is like the conclusion. Right. There's too many emotional strings that you connect to the characters. That is true. This was like an 11 years, year like, journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're 10 years with Iron Man, uh, Robert Dowry Jr. Like to see him end his career, his uh, Iron Man role there, it was just too, it was too, it was too good. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So no, no, I can't compare it. That's fair. No, that's one hundred percent fair. Yeah, it'll be bad to compare. But if I want to say that out of all Marvel movies, I guess the most comic book one would be like the first Iron Man. Yeah. Um, the first Justice League. I mean, the first um, Avengers movie. Yeah. Oh, is it and... better than the first Avengers movie? What this movie? Yeah. No, no. In terms of comic books, okay. like if you could convert a movie into a comic book, yeah. Like no matter which Marvel movie, because I don't think any other Marvel movie would have been a good comic. That's a good point. That's yeah, fair. Maybe, maybe Spider-Man movies could be a good comic. That's fair. It's funny. And I think, but yeah. Uh, and I and I think you know what you were saying is fair because you know, as we were saying, Marvel has has had this like long journey to get to up to that point where. You know, DC, you know, it, 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 it was starting that journey, but, you know, it just felt like a lot of it was just rushed into it. And then there was a lot of speed bumps in the in the middle with, you know, Batman versus Superman. And, you know, people are iffy about even Man of Steel still. And, you know, Wonder Woman. I know a lot of people liked Wonder Woman, but you don't even like Wonder Woman. And then Suicide Squad happened. So there was just a lot of bumps in between the road to get to the Justice League. And so I guess my final question before we have to wrap up, unfortunately, is does it irk you that Warner Brothers has no intention at all of renewing the Snyderverse at all? Like, they have none whatsoever. So, like, after this Snyder cut, they're just like, hey, here's what Snyder done, and we're just going to move on to what we've been doing in the DCEU, apparently. It, it doesn't irk me, um, but it does give people a chance to understand, like, these, uh, especially, especially Snyder. Because I know people were pointing fingers at Snyder as, like, the reason why everything sucked. But in the end, we realized, like, no. It was just he's the direction. Perfect. Yeah, it was just the direction. Josh Whedon sucks, and yeah. he's like, you know, say, canceled out the industry, but like he sucks. So, and you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, we got a really, really good Justice League movie, and you're not getting anything out of it, and that's yeah. fine because at any other dimension, any other timeline that COVID isn't happening, we, we're not getting that movie. We're not we're not getting this movie. No way they would care to give us the four hour film, right? Like remember, it was a joke. Release the Snyder cut, and every actor and said that like, is yeah, true. The Snyder cut is way better. I kept hearing that. We kept and, hearing and, that for the longest. I kept ridiculing me, people for it. And no, for me, I thought that yeah, well, like I've seen extended versions of the Batman versus Superman. It was boring. Yeah, I don't care. That is yeah, true. they fixed the story a little bit, sure, but. I don't care, but this this is one a different movie, completely. Like 
it's really hard to describe that most of the scenes are exactly the same but the beginning middle and end is completely different so yeah. like this this let people know like the first scene in the in the Josh Whedon film is like the superman funeral and people going crazy in the street because superman's not there it's like they're like the god has died and everybody's like going crazy mm-hmm. but in this Josh Whedon in, in the the Snyder one it makes more sense because you see superman screaming right yelling because of his death and his screams shake all over the world hence waking up the mother box now starting a real story then they explain the mother box and that's like batman shooting a, a demon and seeing like oh there's three squares on the wall and it's like that doesn't make any sense like this story they they, they structured it. it it was nicely woven mm-hmm. and the things they showed in the beginning happened in the end hence finishing the you know the triangle of making a movie you know, if you want to win, you if you want to show the hero to win, you have to show them how in the first act, or that trying in the third act. So yeah, it's uh, it's sad, <laughs> dude. It's is disgusting. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry, DC fans, and and with that, we gotta. That's we... why, Gio. If I recommend, like, if you have free time, watch it. Just yeah, out of all movies, like I don't like. In my opinion, you should watch all four hours straight, like I did. It was okay. painful. But like, it, it it makes sense. But All don't right. watch it. And if you want to, listeners at home, watch the four hours. Then don't watch the regular Justice League movie. Just skim through it. Just skim through it, and you will see exactly like where the differences are. Okay, that's all I recommend. I right? got you, man. And with that, unfortunately, people, we have got to go. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. We'll see you again next week. It's going to be the final week of March. We're going to be going into april soon i think the next the next show is going to be april 1st april fool's day so yes it is until then we thank you so much for tuning in we're gonna go out to the internet from their album hive mind and this is called come over so from everyone here at black seinfeld we'll see you again next week peace peace